What up, y'all? Welcome back to the E-Mix Podcast. On this podcast, we talk everything music with the latest producers, artists, and industry professionals. On this episode, we're talking to Nehemiah, the Redeemer. We're going to talk deep topics, y'all. You don't want to miss it. And But before we dive in, if you're looking to get your songs mixed and mastered for an extremely affordable price, then emix.com has your back. For only $39.99 a month, you can get your songs professionally mixed and mastered to industry standards. And if you want more information about our plans and pricing, head over to emix.com to learn more. And if you like what you hear on this episode, remember to subscribe for more exclusive content. We hope you enjoy the show. Let's get into it. You are now listening to the Emix Podcast. What up, this your boy DC. And I'm Zach. And we got my boy Nehemiah the Redeemer in the building. What up, though? Hey, what's up? What's going on, man? Good to be here. Good to be here. How's Welcome going, to the man? E-Mix podcast, bro. What's good, man? I'm excited, man. I want to hear what y'all got, what kind of questions y'all got. I want to give some people some answers. Oh, yeah, okay. man. Yeah, so we uh, we have a couple questions for you here. So um, usually we start out with this question, and we just want to know who you are um, and how you got into music and how you got to where you are today. Man, I am... I'm originally from Hempstead, Long Island, New York. You know, I grew up, my whole family is, I should say, infused with music. Everybody's doing something from writing to singing. Um, My cousins right now, which are, you know, three-time Grammy Award winners, uh, the product GMB, they they wrote the song that Maria Maria with Carlos Santana. My cousin was their DJ when they toured the world. But growing up, I I was always influenced. I was always around them. And the rappers that I looked at um, was, I don't even know if you guys know it. He sung the song that, duh, 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 ha, 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 ha. Y'all ever heard that, dude? <laughs> no, no, I know what you're talking about, but who, who, who did that? Um, Biggie had mentioned it in one of his songs, and Juicy, he mentioned it. Yeah. Duh, duh, ha. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Taking, this part. We're taking, we're taking oh, this part. Right, who right. Who's the guy he named? He said, "Remember, uh, I forget the guy." Something, something like that. But he mentioned the guy's name, and when he said that in the rhyme, I was like, "Oh snap!" Like, because my dad played that for me one day in the in the room, and it was on the TV. The video looked so like old, and I was sitting there listening, and the dude was like, "Duh, duh." And when I was listening to it, I was like, "Man, that is hot!" Like I, the way he was just. <laughs> Putting the words together, even though it was real simple. I was right, like, right. Oh, I right there. I said, I wonder if I can ever do that. And then mm-hmm. I think the um I started writing, I started writing um rhymes on like paper bags. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did I go out? I started writing rhymes on paper bags. And then I got hooked to like LL Cool J, um, a lot of old school dudes, man. And then from there, like I never really, I never really told nobody that I did music. Even because mm-hmm. I started like around like 11 or 12 years old, just writing rhymes. And I never told nobody. Nobody didn't even know. Even in high school, I would keep it to myself because I was just writing for me. Because mm-hmm. I didn't like what I was hearing. So I would just write for me. You know what I mean? And then one day somebody heard me in the staircase of my high school and was like, oh, snap, you can rhyme? I was like, oh, dang, they done saw me. They caught you. <laughs> and then we went in the cafeteria where everybody used to gather and bang on the tables and rhyme. And then my man was like, yo, yo, they called me. My man, I ain't have no rap name then. They was like, yo, my man Mel, he, he rhymed, you know? They called my government out. I'm like, yo, I ain't got nothing. He was like, nah, I heard him in the staircase the other day. Like, I, I heard him, I heard him. 
And I was like, all right, bet. Because what the thing is, it was crazy because I used to see people rhyming, and what I didn't want was I saw the animosity that occurred too. Like when dudes would rhyme, the girls would be like, ooh, he killed it. And then the dudes <laughs> would watch and be like, you know, like mad. And I'd be like, man, yeah. like, man, I don't want none of that, man. Because it's causing drama. Like, so I'm just going to keep this to myself. And then one day I just lit it out. I, I let it out. And, it's, and that exact same thing happened. I said, dang, there it go right there. And mm. then and then I kind of kind of still muffled it. And I just kept it to myself. And my cousin, my cousin would always, my cousin Delph would always be like, yo, my cousin is the nicest. Like, and then people in the neighborhood, and I'd be like, nah, chill, don't, don't, don't hype it. Cause dudes would get mad. Right. It was better. Right. They would get mad. I, I would be like, no, don't say They'll nothing. They'll take it real and personal. At the same time, I'll be huh? They'll take it real personal. Yeah. And so and then at the same time, I'll be quiet, but then I would say stuff on the low, like in certain circles. And then and then if the circle just grew and everybody was there, then by that time I'm already in the mode and it just didn't matter. You know? And mm. then I still kind of kept it muffled for a while. And then everybody was putting CDs out on my block and Hempstead. And I was like, I said, man, I think I could do something better than this. And my and me and my cousin Delph, we went in a, in a storage room. He had a studio in there and we locked in. We didn't leave. And we came out of there. I think it was like after three days, we came out of there with like 31 songs, man, on a CD. Wow. And to this day, no, and to this day, a large amount of people never heard these songs. And, wow. we, and I, I remember coming on the block with like a hundred CDs and I just gave them out like, yo, hey, hey, hey. Now I was like, I'm letting it out. The, the cat's out the bag. Like, hey. Right. And they was like, putting here. in the cars and they was like, yo, what, what the heck? Why are you holding this back? I'm like, man, I was just doing it for me, man. Like, Mm. For the love of the for the love of the music, you know. Mm. That's that's that's, awesome. that's 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 great, man. The, uh, a lot of people don't do it for the love for the music. They get in it for the wrong reasons. You know what I'm saying? And then right. it com- it comes off on their music too when they when they doing it for the wrong reasons. It don't sound genuine. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and that's what I, yeah yeah. And that's what I like about your music so much. And that's why we've been working for so long now because your music's always sounded genuine. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, man, that's that's dope. So I heard a couple of uh, really uh, OG names in there. Like, was LL like one of your like inspirations? Like growing up, like that was like one of your go tos, or or who was that person? Um, yeah, coming up, coming up, it was it was LL, it was Sugar Hill Gang. You know, mm-hmm. it was oh, it was guys like um, Chub Rock. Yep. It was God Father MC. I don't know if you know some of these artists, man. It was um, what was the dude that wore the polka dots? Kwame. 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 Yeah. Um, yeah. Special Ed. Mm-hmm. Um, those like, those are my those are my go to. I was feeling them, feeling them, man. Like them type of dudes, man. They they, they course, some of the, You know what I mean? When I saw now here's where when I saw LL do um um I'm bad. I was like, mm-hmm. this yeah. That was like one of his early records too. Yeah. You know oh, no, no, no. It wasn't on bad. It was Mom, uh, I'm gonna knock you out. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, ooh, this is hot right here. <laughs> so I was watching a lot of I was watching a lot of um not your MTV raps. What's the joint? It had um Ed Lover and what Ed was Lover. Name? Yeah. I forget damn, why can't you remember the heavy set dude name? They had their own show. Um, you're not talking about uh, I know he's talking about Ed Lover though. Yeah, uh, but they had their own show, and Ed Lover he used to always be in my hometown, so I used to always see him. And I know it was crazy. I used to always I had my CDs, 
And I used to be like, yo, Aaron, take my CD, man. And he'd be like, yo, I, I'm busy. I'd be like, man, then one day I seen him in the car right outside the library. And I seen him sitting in the car and I, walked, I was like, yo, Ed. And he was like, man, little man, what's up, man? I just pushed the CD in his car, like, listen to that CD. And I ran off. Like, I don't know if you ever listened to it, but whatever. Yeah, I mean, hey, look, look, closed mouths don't get fed. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, that's 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 dope. Yeah, no, dumb. That whole era, man, like yo MTV raps and and all that. That was like that was the beginning. It was like really just molding the culture for real, for real. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's 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 what I grew up on too. Uh, I probably kind of caught a little bit of the tail end of that, kind of more into getting into like Big Tigger in the basement. <laughs> yeah, I do know what I'm saying. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So. Um. Yeah, man, that's 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 hard, man. So look, I'm glad that right now you're taking the opportunity to really like. You you know now is the time that you need to be heard. Your music needs to be heard. You got a message. The message is more relevant now than ever before. Um, you will be doing people, I feel, a disservice by not putting it out. You know what yeah, I'm talking about? Man, I definitely feel that way too. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. So well, well, let's let's just dive into some of this, like like the single. The single is out. Um, War and pain. Uh, let's just talk about it real quick. Let's let's just start with the title, War and Pain. Yeah. Um, I decided like I really didn't even have a title. Like, literally, it was birthed out of everything that's going on. You know, we're in the middle of a pandemic, and you know, you have a lot of protests going on for for. Um, things that, you know, crimes that were committed, you know, shooting of black people. And I was like, okay, what do I do? I remember walking in my, I was walking around my apartment complex and I was just thinking about everything that was happening. I'm like, I don't know if I want to say nothing. Cause I was like, the way that I feel, you know, I didn't, I was like, what I'm going to say is probably going to be not what they want to hear because I'm like now I, I could feel the stuff boiling up in me and I was mm-hmm. I remember standing right on my um on my walking up my staircase and I stopped and I held my phone in my hand and I was like so much pain it's like so much like war and it's like pain this is literally what I'm saying in my head and as I pulled my notepad out on my phone I literally just started typing what I felt like as a writer, should I tuck in my pen or let the ink spill? Typing in my phone was real. And while I'm typing it, I'm crying, man. Like literally crying and stopping and then crying and typing. And it was just flowing out because I was literally thinking of the, the pain. Like I could feel the pain of the people. And I'm like, should I just be quiet or should I say something like, cause Mm -hmm. if I'm quiet, then it's like, dang, Jamel, you have the opportunity to, to voice, a feeling of the people because you're in the community. You know how they feel. You've heard the conversations. Yeah. And I'm like, should I say something? And I was like, I got to say something. And after I wrote it, it didn't even have a chorus. Actually, yo, what's crazy is I came up with the chorus the, the night before we, when I came in, actually a couple hours before I came in the studio. Mm. And I thought yeah, like, yeah, oh. yeah. Because I remember, I remember you told me it, you was just going to rap all the way through. Yeah. I remember, I remember we had that combo. You was like, yo, it's just one long theory. You know, uh, rap all the way through, but I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad there's there's a hook to it for numerous reasons. One, it gives it gives the time uh, the brain the time to like really digest what you just said. You know what I'm saying? Um, <clears throat> and it allows 
segue into the next until you until your next thought. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. but uh. <clears throat> So right, I mean, like music. Music is so important, bro. Music gets people through so many different periods of life and time in history. You know what I'm saying? And it's like no matter what's going on, uh, whatever event it is, there's always either that artist or that song or whatever that like gets you through or helps you remember that time in your life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, rather be good and bad. A lot of times it's good. You'll hear a song that you haven't heard in so long, and it just instantly just puts you back in, like, a time capsule. Like, oh, man, mm-hmm. I remember that. that you know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah, it's very, it's very, and that's what the power of music is. And, um, you and that's know. And that's what, that's what, if, I mean, you are, were you done? No, go, yeah, go for it. And that's what, and that's what this song kind of did, like, the feelings and the emotions and everything that I felt and it's still existing now, like, cause the world is still going through what it's going through. I was like, it's like literally I felt like I was back in New York in a staircase or back on the block or back on any block, just back in that environment and feeling the, just feeling all the emotions, you know, the rage, the joy, the peace, the sad and all of that in one combination. I'm like, I'm like, wow, like, I feel like, like, I'm about to write something that's going to be, it's about to be one of them, this about to be one of them lyrics that I haven't written like this in a while. And I was like, I was kind of uneasy, like, because I'm, like I said, as an artist, you always criticizing yourself, you know, so in my mind, I'm like, man, if I write that, if I say that, are they going to think this? Are they going to think this? Because most of my lyrics have been like this and this. And I was like, you know what? I couldn't hold, hold it in. So that's why I said I started crying. Like, as a writer, should I tuck in my pen? Like, I'm about to say this, man. And then even as we went into the second verse, you know, it was like I took you back. So some people would listen to that and be like, whoa, he just said Heineken's and Henny. But no, I was taking you back. I was taking you back. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to go too much, too much into it because I don't know you, you guys might want to, you know, say something. No, keep going. I yeah, so it. what it was is like, like in those lyrics, the, the first verse is basically addressing what's what we're dealing with now. Right. And then the second verse, I'm going back. That's why I started it like, um, in the past, I passed out from large amounts of brass, cotton mouth, Henny Bottle, Good Buddies, Heineken's, The Hood Love Me. So it's like, I'm I'm literally taking you back as almost like if you're reading a book or you're watching a movie. Yeah, I'm you're like really back. painting a picture. You, yeah, I'm just painting yeah. that picture. So... I'm glad we're even doing this podcast for some people to watch it if they listen to the song and be like, man, what's wrong? Are you, are you, have you fell off? Like, no, listen, I'm telling you a story. This is exactly how, this is how it was in that past time. And it's still connected to the current time because I'm taking you to that past time. of like, yo, this is where I was at. This is what the police did to me. This is what happened. And at the same time, don't get it twisted by, that's why I said towards the end of the song, um, don't get it twisted by this Christian uniform. I pause them hot slugs and meet your Christian Dior. Almost mm. kind of like, yo, I'm mm. trying to chill. I'm, I'm, a, mm. I'm at peace. But at the same time, I mean, push come to shove, we might have to get it popping. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, nobody's trying to do that at all. I'm not trying to do that. I'm trying to live peaceful, well, morally sound, spiritual. It's almost life. like hitting that threshold in a way, you know? Like, you know, you hit that threshold and they have to say something. Yeah. And so that's what happened. It was like these times, 
kind of like had me like, now nah, I'm taking the muffle off. Like I'm about mm-hmm. to, I'm about to write from the corner, you know, and not not so much corner perspective with rage, but with facts. So when I said mm-hmm. things like, um, my next line will probably get me hung. My 44 pointed at supporters of the Trumps. I represent the slums. That's yes. me voicing the opinion of people that are frustrated. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm not saying I'm about to literally go out here and try to, you know, kill the president. No, I'm not stupid. I'm not trying to do that. But at the same time, that's the frustration and the anger mm-hmm. of people. Mm-hmm. And what you're hearing through my lyrics is their voice. So if you're offended by that, then you're offended by millions of people lyrics that I'm stating. I'm being their voice. And when I said, I want to explain this part too, because when I said, and to my Caucasian associates, stay where you are, because this is probably close as you get. Because mm-hmm. I have amazing um, white, white people that I know that are associates. They're not friends. You know, so when I said that, I'm saying, this is probably close as you get. I'm saying in this particular time frame right now, we our conversation can't be how it was last year because you're just an associate. So I'm saying right now in this current time or this 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 time frame in life, just just stay right where you are for now. And then right after that, I said, um, but to the ones I call friends, Asalama. That's just saying. So that's that's like what a lot of people that agree agree in Arabic they'll say Asalam alaikum. They're saying like peace. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm saying to the ones I say associates, this ain't a good time. Just chill where you at. To the ones I call friends, peace. We could talk. We could sit. Mm-hmm. We could have a conversation. Have tea and all that because we friends. We we strong enough now to sit in these current times and talk. But outside of that, don't try to be a friend now because it's like it's this ain't the time to try to be the friend. Hmm. I don't know if that makes if that makes sense. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's 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 not the time. It, well, for one, the timing is bad. So now it's gonna come off. It's gonna come off fake. It's not gonna come off genuine. Exactly. Right? Um. But and not, to say that I wouldn't, and not to say that I wouldn't talk to them, but right. in terms of those intimate conversations, this is not the time to have those. Those are for the friends. Yeah. Right. Right. Your real allies. You know exactly. what I'm saying? Your real allies. So I'm glad you break. I'm so glad that you broke down like the lyrics and the verses, and, I, and we need to get more artists that come on here to really like kind of break down uh, like line for line, um, because music is like art. It is art, right? But yeah. it's, it's 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 you know it's a waveform. It's not like art that's hung up on the wall, and, right? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But even the art that's hung up on the wall, those brush strokes are done in a certain way that we would never know unless the artist was the a- really able to explain it like how Nehemiah was able to s- explain his brushstrokes. You know what I'm saying? And, and so, so I appreciate you like, you know, diving in there. And, and one thing I want to like say or ask you, is it not okay for an artist that expresses the importance of God and a higher power, is it not okay for them to have a couple of records where they just get real? You know what I'm saying? Mm. I, I believe the way that we put titles on things kind of hinder people from doing that. And I had to deal with that years ago. Um, years ago, I had to deal with that because, I, like I said, I came from the streets. I got saved. I started, you know, going to church and being around, you know, believers and and people that believed in God. And I remember I first heard some, I think I heard some Christian rap and I was like, 
I was like, this is stupid. Like I really mm-hmm. did. I was like, what are you, what are you rapping about? Like, mm-hmm. like it didn't, it didn't, it didn't relate to me. Cause I'm like, I'm listening to like, you know, the Pac and the Biggie and the Mob mm-hmm. D and, mm-hmm. and then I started hearing these guys rap about Christ and I'm like, okay, it was, it was okay. But it was like, what, what are they talking about? Like mm-hmm. every song was rapping about Christ. And so what I found myself doing was, um, kind of conforming to that because at first, you know, when I was leaving the streets anyway, I, I, I came to the conclusion that I didn't want to write music no more about what I was writing about because, you know, I lost my brother and I started being on the streets like, man, what am I doing? Like, I want to write peaceful music, but at the same time, I'm writing music somewhat about danger, but I don't want to live that life. So I'm standing on the corner thinking of this. And I'm like, I'm, I'm like a hypocrite. Like, I can't do this. Like, so I was like, you know what? It's, I, either I'm going to go this way to the left or this way to the right. I'm not going back and forth. Mm. And so when I joined, when I, when I did start going to church and I heard these type of lyrics, I said, oh, that's kind of, you know, I, start, I was feeling a little bit, but not really. And then I started writing like that. You know, I said, really, I started having my first song as like, a, I guess what I would say a godly song because I have dreams and I get mm-hmm. songs and dreams. And the first one I had, I, I don't know if you remember hearing it, the Dying Doves. Actually, I let you hear the Dying Doves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that yeah, one. That, that song, that whole entire song came from a dream. I had a dream and the lyrics and everything, the chorus. And I wrote that down. And that was the first song that I came out with that was like a, and it's not really a godly song. That could go in any direction. But right. when I heard that, I was like, whoa, I ain't never write like this, but I'm feeling this. This is the direction I want to go in. But then one day I was driving through Chicago and this is when it hit me when, back to your question. I gave that prologue real quick. Um, I was driving and God was like, Jamel, I was in Chicago driving down the street. He was like, Jamel, look at that restaurant. And I'm like, okay. He was like, that restaurant doesn't have a sign on it that says Jesus restaurant. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? He's like, but if you mm-hmm. go in there and the food is spectacular, it's amazing. And you know, the, the service is exceptional. And then somebody came out the back and said, oh, you know, the guy that owns this is a Christian. You know, mm-hmm. it'd be like, whoa, but you wouldn't know unless you, unless somebody said it. Mm-hmm. And then he said the same thing. You go into a library, all those books that they got in there, you got a book on dinosaurs, mathematics, um, crafts, mm-hmm. um, trading, um, engineering. All right. You might have, uh, you might have one Bible in the library. It was like, Jamel, really? You can... And I'm like, okay, this is literally going through my mind while I'm driving down Chicago. And he says, so here you're, what you are, you're a Christian author. Mm. You're an author that writes music. And that settled it in my heart. Like, and of course, people still put tags and titles on you where they'll say, oh, if you, if you just mention Jesus one time, you're a gospel rapper. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I, he was like, no, you're just an author who happens to be a Christian. So I could write a song about my mom and boom, I could write a song about the war and pain. And I really battled with this one because I was like, man, hold on. I had to remind myself, Jamel, you're just an author. You're writing the feeling of the people or the story of the masses. You're writing a story as if somebody would read it in a book. You know Mm. what I mean? So you're a Christian author. So I take the titles off of me and it gives me room to be free. I feel cool. Now, of course, I don't go too far in where it's like, yo, I'm about to blow his head off and talk because I'm not in that life. I'm not talking about that. All right, all right. But I'm an author. So at the end of the day, I'm going to now, I'm comfortable. I'm going to write what I feel like writing, you know? So you're not really advertising that you rap like for Christ and in that way, but you kind of, you kind of blend the two and like tell a story that allows people to, you know, relate and kind of go through the story. Kind of, kind of like the Bible in a way, you know, like learning from the Bible about 
your experience almost and yeah. relating to that in a way. Yeah, like like even even in the song War and Pain, the second verse, when you listen to that second verse, if somebody just only listened to the second verse, or probably both verses, they'll probably wouldn't be like, he's the, he's a believer? Like, hold on a second. I don't hear nothing in there. Horrifying God. That's because like even if, if if you if you be serious, like when you look at the Bible, there's war and pain in there. There's times where they had war and it was going down. And if you read those stories, they don't sound like the people doing anything with Jesus Christ. Hey, he's like, oh, this is a war going on. And then you got the pain side where now they like, so that's what I showed you. Even as we talk about this, I did, this didn't hit me till right now. The first verse is the war. Mm. The second verse is the pain. Mm. So when you hear the first verse, you hear the war. When you hear, you hear that this is what, this is how it's going down. And then, then the chorus come in. You say you want a war. I don't think you want that part. And then you hear the pain, like as um in the past, cotton mm-hmm. penny bottles, good, like, you know. And then the part where I'm talking about um uh where I said um where I said um so therefore you saw me with wolves who murdered wolves, not the hardest, but I knew hyenas who ate the bulls in the street jungle, trying to be humble, but pride crept in, created yellow tape barriers, homicide stepped in. This is the picture. This is really happening. Like, so now it's like, okay, we tried to be humble and then, you know, we got involved in stupid stuff and homicide stepped in. It's like pledging to get us niggas since they believe you niggas. French ash cheese and get searched for the grams. You fled. This is the pain of what I'm, that I really experienced and we going through. And it's like interlock your hands in your head, spread your ash cheese and get searched for the grams. You fled. You knew you was dead. And then I, then I say, then I take you back. Like I made it out of Hempstead. Some didn't. The feds sniffed them. K9 dog on the door. Damn, I really miss them all. So on the second verse, you hearing the pain. I take you back so you can hear the pain. And also, so you could so I could tell you, look, I can relate to you. I relate, you know, like I know what you're talking about. So I had to paint those stories to make people and even people in the street. So when they hear it, they like, oh, okay, wow, oh, yo, that's what's up. I, I did that happened to me too. And then and then at the end of the day, when we have these type of conversations intimately. Then if we start talking about God, I could be like, yeah, I could tell you about him. Let me talk to you about him. Mm. Double-edged sword. Yeah, man. That's 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 crazy, bro. Yeah. yeah we, we, not, we, 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 sorry, I, I just haven't heard an artist talk like this in so long. So it's super cool to just hear the amount of detail you put into it and thought. Because a lot of times nowadays, it's just, it, it almost sounds like, you know, thoughtless things like it's just like repetition of like a random phrase you know and then but you it's like so detailed and it tells that story yeah, yeah. but 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 it's important that the story is tough too you know what i'm saying you you you, you can't water it down you know yeah. what i mean like it can't it can't be watered down um and nehemiah is definitely not watering it down um <clears throat> I hope, I hope, I hope that this is, is a time in like this is this this chapter is gonna be talked about for I feel like a long time. Um, but I really hope that it's gonna be talked about in a in a long time in the right light, in the truth. You know what I'm saying? Cause it could easily be written in a way where it, people won't really learn from it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, so that's why I'm, I'm glad that songs like this are out there because it's going to help paint that picture no matter how they try to rewrite the history. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah man. And then on the, on the, uh, it's, been, it's been a long time 
since I've since I've written something like this. So I know it's the times that have provoked this within me. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I can't stress enough like that first verse as a writer, should I tuck in my pen or let the ink spill? Like I was literally thinking that that morning, like maybe I'm not going to say nothing. I just tuck my pen away. I won't say nothing. I won't write nothing. I won't speak about this because everybody was speaking about it. Artists, I was seeing artists make up verses and say stuff. I was like, I ain't saying nothing. I ain't saying nothing. I'm cool. And it was like, nah, I got to say something, man. But I, because I knew the thing that I knew that if I say something, I'm about to say something. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, yeah. not, I'm about to say something and I'm like, it might offend a couple people that know me. It might rub people the wrong. Yo, I, I really believe this, man. Like when, when we put this out, visual and audio, mm-hmm. it's yeah. going to shift some things, man. Yeah. And, and 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 I believe it a hundred percent. You know what I'm saying? Like like as you know, the people who are looking at this on YouTube, as you see, you know, I got melanin in my skin. I'm African American. You know what I mean? And uh, when you were telling me when we, when me and you was talking, and you were telling me that this is what the song was going to be about, like I was like, this is perfect because I wanted Emix to have a voice somehow, some way. What me and Zach do are so behind the scenes. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. like we're not, we're not artists. We're not rappers. We're not singers. Like, like we're not like, you, you know what I'm saying? Like we're so behind the scenes on what we do. Um, so when you were doing this song, I was like, Oh man, this is perfect. This is a perfect way for me as an African American. And, 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 and for me to be a founder of this company to help you any way that we can help you put this out. Cause that's our contribution to like having a voice, you know what mm. I'm saying? Yeah. That's why. That's why when you came through, you came through the studio and you recorded. Like we wasn't on no time clock. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you know what I mean? Like we was we was in there until it was perfect. You know what I'm saying? You yeah. got the full, you got the full fledged e mix, mix and master. You know what I'm saying? You got the whole distribution. It's about to be. It's all. It's out on all platforms. And and I wanted it to be that way, with no questions asked, because I have to help this song get out there to 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 start the revolution really you know what i'm saying yeah man that's i appreciate that too i thank both of you guys man zach you know what i mean i appreciate that man like i'm not hesitant no more like it's, it's like that's why i say even in the chorus where i'm like you say you um you say you want a war where they at then you got one they don't really want it brethren they just talking it's almost like when i was thinking about that today i was like literally that is the voice of all the streets in america and overseas like you say you want this okay let's see you know i'm not telling people to go out here and do whatever they do but yeah. in terms of my perspective like i was chilling it was almost like I was chilling, man. I was minding my business, and then all this craziness broke out. And now you got my pen, woke up. It's like, okay, and I'm, I'm now, now here we go. You say There's you want to win, and you got one. Yeah. And, right. and, then, and then when I say they don't really want it, brethren, it's almost like some people saying they want this, mm-hmm. but then I'm like, they don't really want it. They just talking because mm-hmm. we in the thick of it now. Now the song is written. Now the song is put out, and we're gonna see who's who and what's what. What are your hey, so, uh, sorry? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, uh, what, go ahead bro. what are some of your like plans for like music video stuff? Because you said there's going to be some visual aspects to it. Yeah, um, I've been writing some stuff down, and really the first verse, why the, why everything is still thick and heated, I definitely got to capture 
you know, the protesters. Mm. I got to get a glimpse of that. You know, I got to get when um, even I got to go. I got this video has to go into the neighborhoods, into the, the nooks and the crannies of the city. Mm. And especially on the part where I'm saying about the kids, like, um, um, what was they? Um, not had kids with shoes peeling, selling waters on the corner. Those are children. What you prefer, coke in their hands being exchanged to harvest students who can't cope with our same pain? I got to definitely grab them on the corner and I'm sitting there probably with them, you know, like sitting on top of their water cooler and just spitting that verse right there while they sitting there trying to sell their waters and letting people see that image. Like, you know, of course, that's where they are. And they, they pants might be sagging because sometimes I used to see them and be like, dang, man, shorty, get up off the corner. Like, like you harassing people. But then I thought about it and everything going on. I'm like, you know what? Selling waters on the corner. Those are children. Like, so now I'm like, I'm, I'm a, in the video. I'm going to put myself right in their environment, right in the muck of it. Like right there. Like, okay, this is where you at little man. I'm right here too. Mm. You know, mm. it's, 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 it's crazy how the same thing it's, it can be viewed in so many different perspectives. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 it's crazy You know what I'm saying Because I mean Let's be honest We in Atlanta When you go to Atlanta They on every corner mm-hmm. And yeah. they not wait And they they, they 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 gonna make sure You see them You know what I'm saying Like yo We got what you want But You yeah. can look at it You can look at it In a lot of different lights So It's it's the power of perspective It's the power of um, You believe in what you want to see However you see it You know what I'm saying mm-hmm. Um it's an unconscious bias, really. You know what I'm saying? Word, but word, word. yeah, yeah. But um, yeah. So let me dive uh, into a couple of things real quick. It doesn't seem like you go through this too often, but I could be wrong. But mm-hmm. this is a question we like to ask all everyone who comes on the podcast. Uh, if you go through this, how do you fix it? And what I'm talking about is writer's block. Yeah, I do. I do because okay. um, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't say writers I guess yeah, I guess if you said we want to say writers block it's like certain things provoke things out of me like I could be I could just get up and start writing about something mm-hmm. and it's like I'm just writing about something mm-hmm. but I'm not really feeling it I'm just writing it because it's just I want to just right. write, you know what I mean? And then there's times like, like I, I write different. Like sometimes I just like, I, what I, when I write, all I need is like a, the first sentence. Like I get, mm-hmm. I get that first sentence. That's what I really be waiting for. So even when I'm going throughout my day and if I'm just feeling like, you know, just mellow and I'm, I'm you know, I'm thinking about music, I'm thinking about, you know, the, I feed off of the environment and mm-hmm. I'm just like, okay, and if a thought passes my head that provokes me to go into a, a deep thought, now I, I meditate on that because I'm like, okay, I like that thought. I need a sentence to go with that thought. Or and then if I and I'm waiting for a sentence. If I don't get a sentence, then that's that's guess you call that writer's block because I'll sit for days and I'm like, <laughs> I ain't feeling it. Like, but when that sentence hit me, like boom, like a full sentence, like I'm like, okay, I'm about to run with this. Like even with the song, like when when I when that um the the war and pain as a writer, should I tuck in my pen or let the ink spill? That's the first thing I typed in my phone. That's, and I that's at what it. you needed. That's what you needed. That's right what there. I needed. And when I saw that, 
it, I, that part made me start, that part made me start crying. And then when I started crying, like tears, this, that's when it was like, mm, I started pressing the phone keys real hard because it was like, now the, now the <laughs> words and the emotions was just racing. And it was like, oh, this is, this is what I want right here. This is what I want. Like, do you usually have like that much emotion when you write? I do. Yeah. I do because it either, either I like, because I'm sensitive and then also my spirit is sensitive. So if, if I feel something, sometimes I intentionally put myself in that environment. Mm. Like if I start feeling like, you know, like if I start feeling like something's going on with family or the community or, the, or you know, the streets, I'll be like, God, why am I feeling this? You know, so I might take a walk through my neighborhood or I might intentionally just go downtown to the to the area where people are deprived and in destitution and just sit there on a bench and just watch them. And just really until I'm just feeling what they feeling, it just get up on me. And I'm like, hmm. And then I'm like, let me go to the crib. And I start going back home and I'm feeling what they was feeling. And it's like, boom. You know? Because mm-hmm. what it starts doing, it starts triggering all the emotions. Mm-hmm. And then also it starts triggering all these stories that may have been forgotten of things that I've been through or current things that I'm experiencing. Mm-hmm. You know? So what do you say that's like one of your largest pieces of inspiration is just like actually being in that environment and just like feeling what other people feel like it, yeah. you seem pretty intuitive with people in general, but um, I'm guessing you can just like feel that energy from those people. I do. I, I mean, I believe God has given me a gift that when I'm around certain people, I could feel, I could feel their pain. I could feel their joy. I could feel it. I could feel it. And it's like, Hmm. And then certain times it me feeling that would trigger something. And I'm like, oh whoa. And if I get home later, it's not like automatically I'm gonna start writing a song, but I'll write like I felt this. And then I'll look at I'll have that feeling and then maybe like somebody like I'll hear a beat and I'm like, oh that beat is kinda dope. And that beat might connect me to that feeling. And I go back to my phone, like, oh, disconnect with that feeling. And then it's poof, it'll flow out. Like, like prime example, like my song Dream Big. That whole thing was triggered by the passing of my brother. So when my brother was murdered, automatically I was like, man, I want the, I want now I want people to dream big because they might not have another life. You know, this might be their last day and Christ might be calling them. So I was like, dream big and don't think small. I could hear the Lord saying, you got a calling on your life. Why stall and run away from the light? This may be your last chance. So I was writing, I was writing literally from his perspective that he passed, but I was trying to write for him. Because I was thinking maybe this is what he would say mm-hmm. on his last breath. He would say this. So I was saying, okay, let me let me say dream big and don't think small. And, you know, of course, I, just, I don't know, it might be a weird way of thinking, but that's what I thought. Yeah, and so when I started the verse, I said, I believe he's going to make it. The doctor grabbed my scalp. My mother said, Alex, get one more push. So then right from there, I took myself back to myself being born. And how would I express dream big to Jamel? I know that's... Wow. that's what I did. Dope. Dude, you straight Dope. up gave me chills, bro. Oh my God. <laughs> that's <laughs> no, seriously, like Yeah, yeah. I, not a lot of that's... people think like this, man. Like multiple times throughout this conversation so far, you've just like given me chills through And I think that's sometimes why I don't that's I guess what D would say writer's block, because sometimes I may have it because it's not nothing to say. Yeah. And it's like, I don't want to waste words. Like, I don't, even in some of my songs that I've written, I don't have, like, a lot of, it's not like a lot of just, 
blah 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 in there because yeah. it's like when I'm when I'm about to say it, I'm like I'm about to say something like I got to make this count right here. And like, what's crazy is I still don't. This is crazy. When I say this, I don't care if they shoot me down. I don't know how to write bars. What? Like I don't know. Like, like the count. Yeah, if somebody came in the studio and said, yo, I need you to write 16 bars, I don't know how to do that. Mm. I just always, you know what it is? And I've been his thing. Not that I not not that I, I won't learn. I really don't I I don't want to learn because it, it's almost like it restricts my thoughts. That's kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe that's weird. But ever, right, since, ever since I would go in the studio and they'd be like, or they send me send me a beat, especially when I go in the studio, they'd be like, yo, can you write write like 16 bars? And I'm like, yeah, all right. And I and I never told them, I just be like, I got you. <laughs> I never asked for it. Yo, but I was I would feel it. I would feel it. This is where I'm supposed to stop. Right, right, right. And, 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 and it worked you know all my so life. Funny? It, it worked all my life where it where to stop right on the spot. They'd be like, yo, that was dope. I'm like, bet. I'm like, damn, I'm glad that happened. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> you know what's so funny? It's, it's so funny because when I mixed the record, when I mixed the record, I was like, yo, this is an interesting length of a verse. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't even think it was 16. It wasn't 12. Yeah. It was like, it, it might have been 20, 18. 20, I, I, I really honestly, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then when I, I used to think, like, because I used to tell people, even in, not just out of, not just in music, but other areas of my life, I'd be like, man, I came to break tradition. And so when I used to be in the studio, it was like, it was like, it felt like a constriction on my mind, like, not right, just right. on on my thoughts because I'm like, yo, I just got that one line, that one other line to say and it makes it complete. I feel it in my soul. And they'd be like, no, no, just write it here. And I'm like, and so I would just write until I felt like it was done. Now, if the person in the studio, I respected them and they'd be like, man, you know, it went a little over. Can you pause it over here or switch this? And I'll go, all right, cool. Let me go back in and find something right. that kind of ended with and I would do that. And then they would be like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? They'll keep stressing like, just write 16. I'd be like, okay, okay, yeah, I got you. I would never say, man, I don't know how to do that. Cause I didn't want them to know. And then, then it start, then I really start following this methodology. And then my thoughts get constricted. I'm like, I'm going to write until I feel that. And I'm not trying to like, just, and since I know I'm not trying to waste words, I know I'm not going to overwrite or underwrite. I'm going to write right till it's to the point. Yeah. 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 That's true. Yeah. What's great about that too, though, is um, the structures of your songs will all be different and unique in a way. And they'll all have like their own personality and flow too. So, but yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no. And that's, and that's what I noticed right away when I was mixing it. Um, Cause I mix so many records. I mix so many rap, hip hop, R&B records. It's, it's a lot of carbon copy. A lot of people follow the same like format. Um, so when I was listening, not even when I was mixing it, when I was recording it, you know what I'm saying? I, I was almost ready to hit the stop button. Mm. Cause I, cause I was like, yeah, the verse is about to be over. Oh no. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, but, but in that genre and that style of urban music, it, it feels like it works better that way. Just, mm-hmm. just, just, just go off of the feel versus would this work for radio or not? Or, or yada, yada. Is it too long? Is it too short? Uh, you know what I mean? Like a- anytime I'm in a session where we have to be that surgical and, 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 and like, okay, is this the right amount of time? Yada, yada. Do we have a pre hook, a hook? 
the second verse that we have a bridge out of it, it, it's it's too mechanical and then it takes the fun out of it. Now the thing is, the thing is too, like I could go either way because some some guy, this guy I know, reached out to me on Instagram and was like, "Hey, could you write a verse to this song?" And I was like, "Cool." He was like, "The chorus is already it, the, the space is already there with the chorus and everything." And right, I was like, right. "Okay, cool." So when he did that, now it worked for Not me enough. because. I already had a preconceived mindset of Jamel. Don't try to go too deep with your thoughts, because mm. I know my thoughts are sometimes they are not. Sometimes my thoughts, my thoughts want to go deep, and I was like, okay, keep it surface, like just because you're constricted. So don't even start thinking that way. So you write a certain way, and so I, I wrote within the boundaries. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I could go either way. I will work with it, and I just write within the boundaries, but. When I got the opportunity to just write my own and just write it, then I like to, because my thoughts could be, my imagination can be wide and it can be expanded and I can go travel all the way to the back blocks of Kuwait or Africa in my thoughts. And it's like, wow, and my mind is just all over the place. And it's in the train station in New York. It's in downtown Atlanta. It's in states that I visit. It's in the, in the prison cell where I visited somebody. It's in the back room of my room where I prayed and it's in the crying of the mother. So I can go to all these places at once versus if it's boundaries, I got to go, okay, you could only go to Atlanta, Jamel, and your thoughts. Don't go too far because it's guardrails. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Bro, I, I like the way you, like, in, like your, your thought and how thoughtful your thoughts are. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, we it's, it's another question that we like to ask, Zach. Okay. I don't know if, if if you know what question I'm about to ask, but um, uh, if you can work with any artist, dead or alive, hmm. what artist would that be? If I could work with any artist, dead or alive, on your next single or project or EP or whatever. Yo, real talk, and it's not to like, because it's not, people probably don't know, but I, I would, I haven't done, well, I did, I did one, but it never was released. I would like to do a record with my cousins, Product GMB. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Song Maria Maria, my man Money Home, the dude mm-hmm. that's on that song with Maria Maria and my cousin Sincere, because I have some stuff that I know we did a song together, and of course, they've, they've been busy. They're, there's sometimes a lot of times they're busy flying overseas and all this, and I'm here and I'm working, I'm doing what I'm doing. But right. if us three did a record and me writing the rhymes, oh, it's a rap. It's a yeah. rap, man. I yeah. know. I know, yeah. man. No, nah, that'd be dope. That'd be dope. Yeah. And where, they, where, where, where they at? They still up top? Well, Money Home, he's in New York. My cousin Sincere, he's in Austria right now with his wife. Wow. Yeah, he's in Austria with his wife. He's actually thinking about living there. And so he's in Austria. Um, wow. Mm, he has his own management company called Starblaze Management because now him and actually he teamed up with Wyclef and they started that management company where they're managing an artist. Dang, what's the name of the dude? I have to so, he, so he's been working with Wyclef for a minute then, huh? Yeah, yeah. They had a little fallout, but now they're back together and he's more so doing more management and writing songs for artists. Mm. You know? Okay. So wait, wait, is, wait, is, that, is that something you would ever do? Write for another artist? I would love to, man, if they weren't so egotistical. <laughs> no, I really I wouldn't mind getting into that. I wouldn't mind getting into that because like like I said, I do this music sometimes just for me. Mm-hmm. Like, and then also to and then also to glorify my God. Like if 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 I'm never heard of, I'm cool. If I am, 
kudos to that too. I got some songs that I know that some artists, if they if they rap these songs, they gonna get some love. You know, it's just it's a, it may be a part of them humbling themselves and being able to take it because most singers take songs that's written to them. You know, mm. but I, like I had a song where I was talking about like it was called um, I didn't even record it. Um, is is the one that I've heard before? Nah, you never heard it. I gotta get somebody to sing the hook and everything. I, Cause I was sitting on the couch one day, and and just sitting there meditating, and God was like, Jamel, like, what if all out of all the songs you did, what if it was just that one song with that one little verse, that one sentence? If that was the only reason that I ever had you do music, would you be cool with that? Mm. And I was like, whoa, like, dang, what I? You know what I mean? So, and then, the, then right when I thought that, thought like, whoa, what I? Because most artists probably wouldn't. And he, and he wasn't saying it as if I wouldn't take you to a level of expansion or glory, but it was like, if that wasn't the case, if it was just that one sentence in that one song that inspired that one young man or that one woman or that one person in whatever continent or whatever city or country or state, would you be okay with that? Mm-hmm. And I was like, dang. And then the chorus came out of my head. It was like, I can't sing. So, man, you know what I mean? It was like, mm-hmm. what if never, I said, what if I'm never called a star? Well, I said, no. And I said, um, oh, the song is called Just a Servant. Okay. And I was like, what if I'm never called a star? What if I'm never... Hold on. You got I got to catch it. Y'all go ahead. Because <laughs> I got to catch it. It's in my, it's in my head, though. What you guys say? You got something? Yeah. So, um... You talked a lot about like, you know, the emotional side of writing and everything. Um, but what do you do to balance and wear the different hats of, you know, music business and then the actual art and creation? How do you balance that? You said the music business part? Yeah. Man, I, I really just let that be somebody else's task. All right. <laughs> when I'm talking to D, man, respect to D for even setting this podcast up and, you know, just stepping up to the plate recently, man, because I realized I know my boundaries. I'm, I'm cool with that. In life, I know my boundaries. Like, I don't got to be the jack of all trades. Like, and if I try to focus on the business side, I mean, I'm going to be aware of it. I'm not going to be oblivious or yeah. ignorant. To I'll know enough where it's like, okay, I understand what's going on, but yeah. I don't got to know all the bells and whistles. I'm just going to do I'll focus on this artistry part so I don't lose like I said, my, I feel like I'm constricting my thoughts again because I'm yeah. trying to be this. I'm trying to be I'm trying to be the manager, this, 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 the audio engineer, you know, like maybe down the line. I might want to do that. But right now it's like, let me just. No, me that's just, smart, man. Delegating is definitely a great choice because then you can go full force and not kind of like half, half, you know, one foot in the creative side and then one foot in the business side. So that's really smart. Mhm. Yeah. Hey, let me ask you a real question, uh, Nehemiah, real quick. Do you blame music? Either maybe a hundred percent, not at all, or maybe kinda, for some of the way us as African Americans, how we uh, just view the world. Do you blame the music on that? Do you think like the music has an effect on some of the things that we know, don't know? You, you know what I mean? 
like how we move. I mean, music is powerful, man. It's a very powerful tool. You can, life and death is in the power of your mouth. So you can mm -hmm. kill somebody without a bullet, just with speaking some words. So that's how powerful music is. It's like you can write some lyrics that can literally shape the mind of a person and turn them into a killer. You know, mm -hmm. you may not pull the bullet, but the song you put out encouraged or amplified or stirred up something within somebody enough to pull the bullet or pull the gun or do the murder or become something outside of themselves, you know, change their character. Cause it's powerful. It'll get in your mind. And once your mind changes, then your behavior changes. So now you okay. behave a certain way because you heard certain lyrics. So that's how I was when I was in New York. There were certain things I was writing that wasn't as peaceful as what I'm writing now. And yes, it did encourage certain guys I was around to like, yo, we about to wild out because that song right there got me feeling like this. And I'm like, okay, let us wild out there. You know, like, but it was so, so I'm glad you said that because there's a reason why I asked that question because it was a follow up question. If that if that's the way you feel and it made you wild out and it's bringing this emotion, this, that, and the third, do you think the music is systematic oppression on us because of what's constantly being put out on the radio, on TV, and how it's being directly uh, targeted to our community. So when you say systematic oppression, are you saying from, from someone? Okay, so the labels... Let's take it to... From the very top, you got the you got the record companies. They got artists, right? The record companies control what music the artists put out. Mm -hmm. The artists probably recorded fifty songs, mm -hmm. right? Forty eight of those songs could have been super positive. What you've been talking about this whole uh, you know this whole podcast. Those other two could be on some BS that really ain't got nothing to do about nothing. Ain't go educate nobody, but the labels go put them two songs out. Them the singles. Well, yeah, when you when you look at from that perspective, you know, you're talking about the powers that be, higher powers, and now we're moving into like that's a that's a spiritual warfare. You got demonic activity, whether people believe it or not, you know, you got people that's higher up that's controlling that, that's like, hey, yeah, if you take this right here. And sign on a dotted line, I'll make you a wealthy person. You'll never have to worry ever again in your life. And some artists, you know, coming from an area where they may be coming from poverty areas, you know, they're like, yo, I'm signing that. I ain't never have nothing, you know? And now you're locked into this contract where you have to be forced to write and be basically a puppet. You know, mm -hmm. you gotta be a puppet. And you gotta say what they want you to say, do what you want, do what they do what they want you to do. And whether they want you to wear a dress and barrettes or do whatever, you got to do that because, and I mean, I, it's real. Like, you got to do that. There's artists that I know in New York that never took these type of deals. So they underground, but they raw. You know, like, I was one of them artists where I've, I remember sitting across the table and people, they was, I'm ready to get some serious cash. And I'm like, I'm good. Mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. I'm good yeah. because I love what I do and I love my people. And... And I can understand the systemic pressure, though, that somebody might be in coming from a poverty neighborhood. They're like, no, I'm signing it. I got I to gotta get this. Even if I'm going to destroy my people and then I just call it, it's just, it's just art. You know? And I, his thing, I'm not knocking people that may listen to this, listen to lyrics like that, because there's times where I listen to certain music and it's not, you know, it's not all 
not all pure, not too many times though, because I'm, but I'm mature enough in my thoughts mm-hmm. to listen to something like, it ain't gonna have me go out here and be like, oh, I'm about to start bugging. But to the ones that have an immature mind state, like the young youth that's coming up, the young men and women, you know, as artists, I believe we hold, uh, what should I say? We hold a, a great responsibility to watch our mouths, you know, especially in today's, especially in our current times now, because we can say something and it can literally start a campfire. It can start a, a raging war or, or it can, it can start people, you know, blacks in the neighborhood shooting at each other because of the lyrics is like, yeah, I pop them. I'm doing this. And it happens. And it's a touchy topic because a lot of artists don't want to hear that. But I'm at a point now. See, here's the thing. I deal with these young guys. I do evangelical work as well. I'm in the streets and I'm talking to young men, young women, older men, older women. And they hurt. They dying. People are dying. There's crime. There's pain. Mother's tears. So I don't really care how these artists feel if I say something like that. Because you saying you care. But at the same time, I'm holding the young man that's wilding off your tombs. You mm. know? Mm. So yeah, I wrote a song like that. I record that song. Gonna be crazy. It's called. <laughs> um, it's called nothing. nothing. And I'm basically saying like, what you saying? Nothing. Mm. What he's saying? Nothing. What she's saying? What they saying? What you saying? What he's saying? Nothing. And then I just come out like, you know, like I already heard about your iced out chain and teeth, blinged out fingers, rims, wrists, and we can't forget about that Bentley car because we all know that it gets you close to God. Psych. Can't take that to the coffin or park your, park your coop in the grave when the mass is calling. I guess I die peaceful when y'all die balling. MCs is weaklings and the fans support them. Blow up over weekend or one recording. Soldier sold to the demon, record execs. And they all knew you'd be a good puppet for checks. You might as well get a dress and a pair of barrettes. You ain't a man of your word. Money switch your sex. What y'all spit, I ain't even trying to get used to. It all sound like BS cow manure or fresh fill of mulch. Any wicked approach, pick a lake full of fire to roast. I'm dealing with simple minds, so it's easy to understand why y'all stuck on stupid, stagnated plans. Hip-hop needs me, man. I can't put the mic down. It's too precious to leave in the hands of clowns. The industry is a gimmick that be auctioning souls. And I'm the highest bidder buying niggas, teaching them the flow. Yo. Uh, nothing. Nothing. Absolutely. We throw that sample in at the end, like nothing from nothing leaves nothing. You know hey, what I mean? Hey, <laughs> send that to me. Send that to me. Let's let's go. Let's go. Man, look, man, look. This has been this has been a different type of podcast episode, I will have to say. What what, what you what you think, Zach? Oh, yeah. Dude, I fucking love it, man. Um I actually have a couple of questions for you real quick. I cause I don't want to end it yet. Um so you talked about like meditation and stuff. I, I'm super into meditation and I just wanted to know like what you do for for your like meditation, like what your process is and how can that help you with your music? You know, it's crazy because I don't, I don't really, I don't even listen to rap. It's great. I, I listen to it, but it's like on yeah. a percentage, scale, it's like 5%. Mm. Like literally it's like 5%. Like I, I, don't, I don't listen to it because I mean, I don't listen to it sometimes because ain't nobody saying nothing. And I, I need my mind stimulated. Like I can't just be listening to stuff. Like, and it, it, uh, so to meditate like me, I um I like to worship, man. I like to worship. So I'll put on some worship music, you know, or they say gospel music. And it's not like this is not like a religious thing. It's just it just it just it just brings me peace or some instrument some instrumental jazz music, but more so the worship music, because I go into this zone and I go into prayer and I let I end up laying down on my like this is behind the scenes. You know, nobody even notice. I lay down on my face and I literally be like, God. 
this is what's going on in our world. This is what's going on in my neighborhood. This is what somebody just called me and told me, like, how do we address this? How do you address this? What, what, am, what is my part? What am I supposed to do? And I'll lay there quietly and then I'll start just hearing stuff. And whatever I'm hearing, I'll start writing down based on what I was asking. And I'll keep writing it down and writing and writing until almost like when I'm writing the lyrics, till it's like, er, stop. Mm-hmm. And I'll stop and then I'll just sit there down and I'll turn the music off and I'll sit there and quiet and I'm looking at it and I'm like, okay. And I'm like, okay. And those notes, I would always, like if I'm not writing rhymes throughout the week or the month, I'm, I'm always doing that, that worship and meditation. And I put all notes down. And then when something hit me, I go back to those notes sometimes because I'm like, okay. And now I got all of them in front of me. And I'm like, because this came out of that experience of worship and prayer. And I'm like, oh, wow, this is dope right here. Like, okay, I'm going to add that to this piece and this piece. Or I hear a beat, like D might send a beat or somebody give me a beat. And when I hear that beat, it would trigger an emotion that I got from when I was meditating and praying. And I go find that note and I'm like, oh, oh, yeah, this is it right here. This is going to make it one right here. That's cool. So you, so you actually collect your meditation notes. Oh, yeah. Oh, That's yeah. Because it's stuff that comes out there that wouldn't normally come if I was just walking throughout my day. Because mm-hmm. I intentionally get that atmosphere to get some type of information or something, you know, and it's like, okay, that came out of there. So I know when I, when, even though it looks scattered on the page, when it's put together, oh, mm-hmm. I know it's going to be tough. It's going to, because I know when, it, when that's put together to the right track, and when it's spoken and somebody hears it, I'm bypassing your mind. I'm going right to your soul. I know that's even even if you even if you like, man, I don't understand what he's saying. You're gonna catch that in the spirit because that's where it came from. It's gonna hit you. Right. Right. Mm. right. I, I'm more into like silent meditation, but you you kind of like mentioned like a mix of like listening to music. Cause like I, there's like guided meditations and meditation can come in like a thousand different forms. But uh, mm-hmm. I never thought about like listening to music and just sitting there and listening to your thoughts almost and different things that come to you from what the music makes you feel. That's super cool. Yeah. Cause it's certain, like it's certain songs that trigger certain emotions for me, you know, like, mm-hmm. especially when it's like the, like a, like a worship song. Cause it more so like, you know, like melodic and just low tempered. Like, I don't know if you heard of a group like Hill Song. They're from Australia. So they have like this, mm. this song. And when I hear a certain song from them, and, and even when I hear these songs, they're not all like some of their songs. Like, Hill Song is more so like a, a contemporary gospel team I, or singers from out of Australia. So their creation, and they might not even mention Jesus or nothing. That's because they're contemporary. But what they're saying, I'm listening to it, and it's like taking my mind somewhere that I probably never been in that moment. And then I, when I'm in that, in that mode, it's like things are being downloaded into me. And I'm like, Oh, I got to write this down. Like this would be powerful in a song. If it's not even a song, it may be powerful when I'm speaking, you know? Mm. That's awesome, man. Uh, Dude, this is full of like such rich content. Um, Thank you so much for coming on, man. Yeah. Yeah. This is what this is for, man. Like we started the podcast for, people to learn, people to, to hear people's story. A lot of people take so many things, flies mm-hmm. to them, or maybe they've been blind to certain things, but you spoke on certain things and now it just turned the light bulb on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's, 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 that's why we do this kind of stuff. Um, and we, you know, but this was, this, this was a good one because it was, it was heartfelt. It had a lot of substance. You know what I mean? Come on here. Oh man, I appreciate y'all for having me, man. This is powerful. Like, even when I talk, even while I'm talking, it's having me think about things that I've, really haven't communicated in a while 
And then also new thoughts are being sparked as I'm literally in the in the midst of this podcast right now. And I'm like, oh, okay, I never thought about it that way. Like, okay, that's that's a cool way to think. You know, it's giving me a new perspective even while I'm talking sometimes. Hell yeah. Um, just to give some, you know, advice for future artists out there, what's like one piece of advice that you ride with every single day that you would give to other artists, producers, anyone who wants to start in the music industry? Humble yourself. Mm. Humble mm. yourself. Like, for real. When you, when you humble yourself, you can smell the pride in the air. Like, a lot of people, it's so prideful these times. Like, even artists, like, just humble yourself, man. Like, I have a servitude mentality. Like, just humble yourself, man. You're not that... You're not that you sometimes you're not as dope as you think you are. Like just humble yourself, man. Like that's just I got this thing I do called hide and seek, show and tell. Like, and I'm and I'm probably I want to teach this one day to artists. Like whether you uh no matter what type of artist you are, because people are like I hide and seek his face, meaning like the meditation I do, I hide and seek God's face or whatever somebody, they might not believe in my God. They might have a creator or whatever higher power, but hide and seek his face and then show and tell. So hide and seek his face and then I come out to the studio, I come out to the show and it's like, yo, check me out. And then it's back to hide and seek his face. You might not see me for a month, two months, whatever. Then it's back to show and tell. But what we twist it up is we hide and seek, show and tell, and then we get the applause of the people and the accolades and the, everybody's telling us how dope we are. And so it's show and tell, show and tell, show and tell, show and tell. And we alleviate the hide and seek part where you got the show and tell from. And mm-hmm. next show it's just all about you and all about you know, me, me, me. And I, I try not to move in that way. I'm like hide and seek, show and tell, hide mm-hmm. and seek, show and tell. And I, know when it's, and I know when it's time to show and tell. Like right now, this is great coming to me like right now. This dispensation, this time frame right now, this is showing time, show and tell time for Nehemiah. I spent the last, I spent a lot of time hide and seeking, hide and seeking his face, you know, doing my business, you know, speaking, doing, doing, doing things that I just normally do, being with my family. But now these times have pressed. God is show and tell time. Pop, stuff like the podcast, stuff like the single going on iTunes, stuff like, you know, the music videos. I've done music videos, but now this is another level, I should say, of show and tell. We're like, okay, I'm out of seek mode. Now I'm out. Now I'm out. It's show and tell time. And this show and tell might be different from the last time you saw me show and tell. Do you know what I love about what you just said? It kind of reminds me of... um I don't know if you're familiar with like a lot of like Eastern religion type stuff, but that almost reminded me of like yin and yang, like the push and pull and the balance of, you know, you know, show and tell and then hide and then Mm -hmm. come back to it's like a a circle and that balance. So I don't know if you ever like thought of it that way, but like, that's what it reminded me of. That's the thing. It does create a balance. And, I actually know that eventually I'm going to teach this to artists and even this thing, even engineers, like anybody involved with music. Cause a lot of times that's a good balance to have hide and seek, whether it's hide and seek, it, you might not be every day hide and seek where it's like, Oh, I'm in the face of the creator and I'm worshiping. I'm praying. It might be your hide and seek may be where I'm hide and seek. And I'm with my family. I'm with my wife. I'm with my daughter. I'm with my son. I'm with my mom. I'm with my closest people. And I'm just, hiding right now and I'm seeking wisdom. I'm getting information from them. And then, uh-oh, my calling calls me. Boom, it's show and tell time. 
Mm-hmm. And it, it keeps me balanced with because if it's show and tell too much, pride is coming in. I don't care if you, I've seen it, I've witnessed it. Mm-hmm. Show and tell, show and tell, show and tell. The reason you can witness it because I talk to artists that's industry when, when I'm with my on the wall, you be like, hey, what's up, man? They're like, what's up, man? It's like, man, what? what? Okay, pride. You show and telling it out here. Right. Somebody, they go gassed up. And it's cool. I don't look at them no other type of way, but I realize in my mind when I see that, that they don't got the hide and seek part. It's just show and tell. So that's why they acting like that. So I can, I just, doesn't bother me, mm. you know? Mm. Even as an engineer, you, I've sat in this little studio with engineers, super egotistical. I'm like, okay, there's no hide and seek in his life or her life. So it doesn't bother me. I just go, okay, cool. Like, I see what we got here. You all about show and tell. Mm. Somebody's rubbing your back every single day and without it, you won't survive. Mm. Crazy. Crazy. Some sauce right there. Yo, that's, that's a shirt too, bro. What? Hide and seek show and tell? I'm just only, I just consolidated that all that, but I have that written out like almost like a lesson to music artists and people in the music industry. It's crazy. Hey, you, you want to talk about your shirt before we get out of here? You talking to me? Yeah. <laughs> oh man, yeah. I just I actually just dropped this when I was in New York, man. My man, when I was in there, he printed it up. It's the valuable people attract people of value. Because I have a book called The Value of Relationships, and it's addressing all relationships: family, business, girlfriend, boyfriend, husband, wife. And one of the things that I always say is, valuable people attract people of value. So when you add value to your life, you automatically attract people of value. If you devalue yourself, then that's what you're going to attract. Mm-hmm. And so I put the value in gold as you know uh symbolic as value because gold has a lot of value so people attract people of value man i'm, I'm living by that forever because i've seen it I, it just happens automatically mm. Mm. i love That's, it i like the gold too yeah man it's, it's value i'm gonna value. I'm probably, um i'll probably put them up on my page uh next week because my friend he sent me a bunch of them from new york and i'm gonna let people get them i mean i have it like where you can get it by yourself the shirt by itself or the book and the shirt and it'd be $50. And I, and the reason I'm charging it like that for the shirt, cause it's value. You're wearing, you're wearing something that I've been through in my experience. So I'm not going to devalue it. You know, mm. it's gotta be like that. And you, you mentioned a book. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Oh yeah. That book, the value of relationships principles to building a solid foundation. I literally believe everything we need is in relationships. So I value, it goes back to, I value people to that extent. And once again, the book is addressing all relationships, friendships, family, business, husband, wife, girlfriend, boyfriend, all of them. Like, literally, that's how me and D got here where we are. It was the value of relationships. Right. I met him, and then boom. So you you wrote that book? Yes, sir. Wow. That's awesome. How how long did that take you? Uh, Two and a half months. Wow. That's not bad. The second one I'm working on now, it's it's taking a little longer because I'm I gotta dive a little deeper. But the second the first one, it was two and a half months. That's pretty sad. Let it let us know when uh, those come out. I love reading, man. So just like learning new things. So let us know so I can get that shirt and that book. Get a copy. <laughs> Hell yeah. Actually, you don't even gotta do that, man, because that's what I'm saying. I value relationships, so I don't know how to get in touch with you or even with D. I'll just, I'll just give it to him and he can give it to you however it works. You ain't got to pay for that. That'd be awesome, man. I appreciate it. We'll get you an e-mix shirt, too. Or if you want the PDF, just, you know what I mean, send me your email or, or D send me his, your email. 
And yo, I'll email it to you tonight. You had a whole PDF version. Cool, cool. Mm. Boom. Boom. Y'all heard it here first. Emix exclusive. Nehemiah, the Redeemer is in the building. You know sure. what I'm saying? And and I want everybody, as much as you can take away from this, process it however you need to process it. Um, but I'm looking forward to you coming back on the show for sure. Yeah, I, you know, I don't even know if people know this. Like, I'm, I'm not on care. Like, outside, my name is, you know, of course, that's my artist name, Nehemiah Redeemer. But my mom named me Jamel Jackson. So, right. I thought, maybe we could have kept that in that low. But, <laughs> you know, that could have been like one of them challenges. Like, hey, if you can guess his name, then you can win this. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, 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 think, I think it's good for people to know your government well, I ain't gonna say government. Your the name that you was given from your from your parents and your like stage name. I think it's important to have both out there um, because it allows you to be able to separate the two. You know what? And his name, and, and really, I mean, you can end it after this because I should have said this in the beginning when you asked me this one question because people maybe ask somebody in their mind maybe thinking, well, why did he use Nehemiah? So. Mm-hmm. Literally, that came from the first time I ever picked up a Bible and opened it. When I, when I first understood it, I was like, I was reading the, the Bible. There's a book called the Book of Nehemiah. And I was mm-hmm. reading it, and it was talking about how he was going to Jerusalem to help his people to rebuild the wall around Jerusalem that was destroyed by the enemy. And when mm-hmm. I read it, I was like, yo, that's a dope dude right there, man. Like, that's going to be my rap name. I'm going to be Nehemiah the Redeemer. Like, cause mm-hmm. I'm, I'm gonna go to, but I said, I'm gonna use it in a music format. Like I'm gonna go to the areas where music is broken down and it's not well, and I'm gonna rebuild the walls of the music, you know, and make it like, make it real, like make it real official. And then I was about to have a son and I was like, and then also I'm, I'm like literally talking about this in my head when I was in Ohio and I said, and then my son's gonna be born. I'm gonna name him Nehemiah. Cause he's and then he's gonna look just like me. So when I'm dead and gone, it'll be like I never left. And then I just, then I just <laughs> that's dope. That's dude, dope, bro. My son on Instagram, you seen it, D? You look just like me. Oh yeah, yeah. You already know. Yeah, I mean, hey, look, look. I'm a little late to the to to that party, but I'm telling you that. The whole the, what I'm trying to say is, you see how it just you open up the book. You, you land on Nehemiah, now it means something, like, it means something real. It's not just a name to just, like, oh, let me mm. just think of a name. You see what I'm saying? And yeah. and the thing is, is now, since it has that much substance, why not pass that name on? You know yeah. what I'm saying? So, yeah, I'm with it. 100%, bro. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, man, I had fun. Tonight t- tonight was fun. Yeah, man. It, it provoked some things in me, man. So I'm, I'm, I'm literally going to be thinking about this afterwards. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, hey, appreciate y'all coming through. We're going to see y'all in the next episode. All right, fellas. Peace. We out. Peace. Oh, and before we go, and before we go, we're going to play the new single, you know what I'm saying? War and Pain, Pain mm-hmm. and War, and all that. And we got Nehemiah in the building. So let's rock out. We are oppressed. We are exploited. We are downtrodden. We are denied not only civil rights, but even human rights. So the only way we're going to get some of this oppression and exploitation away from us or aside from us is come together. Got two sides on this one right here. Whatever side you want. 
As a writer, should I tuck in my pen or let the ink spill? Typing in my phone was real, trying to be still, trying to be cool. But cool, get you shot in the back or shot in the chest or a knee on the top of your neck. And I can't breathe or sleep. My religious views are skewed. Spiritual warfare when I'm checking the news. My next slot will probably get me hung. My 44 pointed at supporters of the Trumps. I represent the slums. Naughty head kids with black skin, shoes peeling, selling waters on the corner. Those are children. What you prefer? Coke in their hands being exchanged to harvest students who can't cope with our same pain. They tell me stay in my lane. Well, fuckers, we built the highways and bridges that connect the places you call tri-state. And to my Caucasian associates, stay where you are, cause this is probably close as you get. And to the ones I call friends, Asalama. I tell you what this colored man thinking, believing between his lineup, burning ballots, stylus, fashion me and fatigues, heart callus, you don't want that beef. You say you want a war, then you got one. You say you want a war, then you got one. You say you want a war, then you got one. They don't really want it, brethren, they just talking. You say you want a war, then you got one. You say you want a war, then you got one. You say you want a war, then you got one. They don't really want it, brethren, they just talking. In the past, I passed out from large amounts of grass, cotton mouth, Henny bottle, good buddies. Heineken's the hood, love me. Methodology was keep the women distant. From me, not cause I ain't like him, cause the life I live was frightening. If it came between me and the jail bitch, shorty was Audi 5,000 fast and enlightening, pull out a snitch license. So therefore, you saw me with wolves who murdered wolves. Not the hardest, but I knew hyenas who ate the bulls in the street jungle, trying to be humble. Pride crept in, created yellow tape barriers. Homicide stepped in, pledging to get us niggas. Since then, they've been lynching niggas. Interlock your hands on your head, spread your ass cheeks, and get searched for the grams you fled. You knew you was dead. I made it out of Hempstead, some didn't. The Feds sniffed them, K9 dog on the door. Damn, I really miss them all. Don't get it twisted by this Christian uniform. I pause them high slugs to meet your Christian Dior. Two choices, die rich or die rich, not poor. Who voices my vocal cords roar loud in the war? Who voices my vocal cords roar loud in the war? You say you want a war, then you got one. You say you want a war, then you got one. You say you want a war, then you got one. They don't really want it, brethren, they just talking. You say you want a war, then you got one. You say you want a war, then you got one. You say you want a war, then you got one. They don't really want it, brethren, they just talking.